Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Nicole Bacicalupi from Bacicalupi Vineyards. She is the operations manager. She also happens to be a woman who is featured in Wine Country Women Heritage Families. Nicole, your family is so... I want to say freaking rich in history (laughs) here in Sonoma County. People buy grapes from your family. Anyone who makes great wine buys grapes from your family. You are amazing. You are fourth or fifth generation. I am um, technically, it's like a layered answer. So my great grandfather had a winery in Dry Creek, so not on this particular property, um, where they made grappa pre-prohibition. So I say fourth. I'm actually fifth generation Sonoma County born and raised. We have a really uh, long history just in Sonoma County in general. Um, My great-grandfather came all the way around South America and ended up um, settling directly into San Francisco. So no Ellis Island for us. <laughs> so yeah, um, we just, we've had a, uh, we've been here for, you know, many generations just due to that specifically. Something I found fascinating was that your great grandfather, who happened to be a, a dentist. That, that's my grandfather. Oops, sorry. Mm-hmm. Your great grandfather, let's see if I can get this right, because you have a lot of people that are involved in the medical (laughs) field in your in your history but uh, the point that I'm trying to get at is that your family was involved in the famous 1973 Chateau Montalina Chardonnay Paris tasting extravaganza yes they were let's talk about that sure um so it's a great piece of history especially for wine country in general and Sonoma and Napa um Charles and Helen so um speaking about the medical industry Charles was a dentist and Helen was a pharmacist so yes strong medical science math backgrounds um they worked with Mike Gergich in 1973 um and sold him about 14 tons of Chardonnay grapes from there original property, um, which they bought in the fifties and just, you know, thought they were going to make a good Chardonnay for Chateau Montalina. It was a blend of several different vineyards that Mike Gergich used and it ended up having a pretty spectacular impact going to France and, um, and being involved in this blind tasting that was conducted by Steven Spurrier and, um, ended up winning overall in the white wine division. So um, being a part of that blend is pretty, it's a proud moment for our family. And um, we still care for that two and a half acre block um, of Chardonnay. So it's, it's quite old for Chardonnay, especially in Sonoma County. Um, I've lost track of how old it actually is. We had a birthday for it, birthday party for it when it turned 50. Um, and that was in 2016, I believe. So, so would you say that that famous Paris tasting put your family on the map? You know, I, it's interesting because I think now, even in 2022, people are still learning about that event. Um, so I think it's been a gradual 
sort of impact that it's had sort of spread out over many years. Um, and I think it really shone a spotlight, not just on Bacigalupi, but on like Sonoma County as a grape growing region. Um, and it started to really give growers the opportunity to expand into other varietals that maybe they were a little bit um, unsure about planting, you know, Pinot Noir especially as well. And it gave them a little bit more of a jumping off point to be able to invest in grape growing. Talking about your um, family, and then I really want to get to your career, is you kind of grew up on your family's vineyards. Would you say that's accurate? Yes. I'm born and raised right here where we are in the (laughs) middle of the vines in the Golden Hills. So you ran around these vineyards. I read somewhere that at the age of 12, you were on tractors. Uh, (laughs) Yes. In fact, um, there's pictures of my sister and I on a tractor at like age three, obviously not driving, but, um, you know, tromping around with my grandpa and my dad, um, who cared for and, and took care of and developed the vineyards. And yeah, I know how to drive a stick, which is, you know, I learned to do that well before the age of 16. Um, my dad taught me how to drive a stick in his truck. And so, yeah, I'm definitely love the ranch. I love being outside. I would rather probably be here than, than anywhere. <laughs> Was it inevitable that you would work in wine? No, it wasn't. I think that my parents and my grandparents being the more on the farming end and not really like starting out in a facility in a winery, I grew up with a much more kind of humble um, approach to it, to the industry, um, and not knowing sort of the big picture of everything and just really kind of like boots on the ground more of an approach so it wasn't until I was much older and started enjoying and drinking wine and being able to really put things into perspective as far as the impact that we have had on the industry and sort of like how important it was and how I wanted to be involved. So what other occupations did you entertain? You know I I'm not like a great artist. Like I don't have, I don't paint or school, but I like being creative. Um, and so I wanted to do my whole, my goal was like, um, advertising or marketing, I guess when it was still like in print, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, who knew what social media and the internet would be doing to that these days. But when I went to college, it was much more, I wanted to do like advertising marketing for big companies and sort of develop and create those. But then you took your first sip of wine and it, and your life changed forever. Yeah. I think I just slowly started really realizing how special and kind of unique it it is to be a part of this community and I feel like a responsibility almost to um, continue the farming because it is something that's really challenging and not something that everybody wants to do nowadays so I feel like it's my kind of I have like a little bit of a weight on my shoulders that I need to continue that with that um, because it's sort of a dying occupation. You went to go work for a couple of wineries, one in Dry Creek. You worked also at Silver Oak. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you kind of cut your teeth elsewhere and then came back to the family business. Because actually your family didn't have a winery for quite some time. They they made wine. So Charles and Helen were involved in... um, a wine brand, I guess you could say with, um, Belvedere, not the vodka, but um, it was actually a winery named Belvedere. Um, and they made wine that was really successful in the market. Honestly. Um, they, the wine was served at the white house under president Reagan. 
Um, they won several sweepstakes awards, which, you know, nowadays I'm not sure how much weight that really carries, but um, back then a sweepstakes, you know, win across the county was a huge thing. So they did, they won a Chardonnay sweepstakes in the 70s. Um, so we didn't, we, we've never had a facility where guests could actually come taste and like have a hospitality experience until recently. But now you do. We do. <laughs> How much wine do you make now? So our program um, across the board is just about 2,500 cases of the estate oh, program. So really small. Um, I'm extremely happy at that size. Um, it's mostly direct to consumer, which I love the interaction with the guests and being able to like really see directly who's enjoying the wine instead of just sort of sending it out into outer space. Um, right. And then we sell, obviously, and still work with many partners who we've been involved with for, you know, some for 20 years. So we have winery partners across Sonoma and Napa and actually out of state as well. So um, we're fortunate to work with really, really good people. So if somebody wants to taste your wine, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, yeah, we have several different ways guests can um, gain access to the wine. One is obviously coming to the property and seeing it and enjoying it and experiencing it um, here at the tasting room and the vineyards. Um, we do have a pretty robust e-commerce website, um, which we actually did pre-COVID. Thank you. but um, <laughs> <laughs> And so most of our um, licenses, we can do direct shipping to most states. So we kind of have that built into our model so they can order wine that's available um, and we can go and get it to them. And what would you say that people best know you for? I mean, I would definitely say the Chardonnay, obviously, with the Paris tasting history is something that we do have as a benchmark of our program. Um, but we're in Russian River, so I can't go without saying Pinot Noir. Obviously, right. we make four really um, distinctive and unique Pinot Noir um, wines. But we're in, um, in like location, if guests do come to the property, I talk a lot about our geography, topography, and the location. I always say we're in a Goldilocks part of Russian River. Oh, explain that. So we are just cool enough um, and just uh, kind of close enough to the river to get this really nice marine layer that comes in from the coast for the Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. But we get daytime temperatures because we're on the northern edge of Russian River that can go up to, you know, 90s and 100s, unfortunately, to... Um, really grow nice balanced Zinfandel and Petit Syrah. So there's not many places in Russian River you can have that diversity of varietals and we're in one. As you've developed your career here, has there been someone who's really influenced it? Has there been a mentor? I mean, my parents are like very dedicated to farming um, and so watching that has been influential obviously I think parents influence kids just in general but um when you work together and they're also your parents you know it's really layered and <laughs> sort of weaved through um and my grandmother you know unfortunately we lost my grandfather too early but she's 96 and um has really lived an incredible life and um been a in, not just to me, but a lot of people in the industry look at her as a mentor. So I have to say seeing what she's accomplished um, is just inspiring for sure. Yeah. 
Well, and to continue with the medical theme, yes. your mother is yes. an RN nurse. My mom is a retired <laughs> nurse, ER nurse. ER and nurse, man, right. I, Yes. Is she, uh, it is so valuable having a nurse in the family, <laughs> especially when you have kids. Right. Like, mom, look at this rash. Can you tell me what this is? Or, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fascinating how that theme continues yes. on. <laughs> yes. I think you have to have a certain, you have to be built a certain way, you know, to be in, want to do farming. And I think, um, the math science and just like that way that those brains have to work um yeah you're you it's definitely not for everybody but that's that's a theme for sure top moment of your career so far my answer is probably not going to be one that people want to hear but it's I don't think I've had it yet or I hope I haven't had it yet because I am really ambitious and um I see a lot more happening for the winery and for myself so I hope that I haven't had a top moment yet how about this then career objective uh as gen four not screw it up (laughs) (laughs) right that's that's what can happen down the line is the the kiddos uh you know it just kind of like fizzles or they like go on some crazy spending spree but you know that's not I'm not that way inherently anyways but um yeah I think just like continue and build and um just make good wine and grow great grapes and be good people. How much acreage do you have and how much is planted? Because there are a lot of spectacular brands that use your grapes. Yeah, so we, um, you know, we've been roughly consistent at about 125 planted acres of vineyard and that the bulk of that is Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. I would say, you know, we, I kind of, um, divide our client list into like some groupings. Um, and we have, you know, William Sellium is one that comes to mind, which is just down the road that we've been with for it's, I don't know exactly, but it's many years, um, of partnership and being just good neighbors in general. And so, um, we do have a program, it's the vineyard designate program. Um, so if, we are selling fruit and working with clients. There is a stipulation and a certification that the client has to go through in order to gain um, access to put Bacha Galupi vineyards on the bottle. Um, just because the industry is so diverse with different, you know, brands and programs and um, processes behind that we have to have a consistency if you're going to have our name on it. And that was developed by my mom and myself about four years ago. So Excellent. it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, it's not easy because we do sell to quite a different, you know, quite a, quite a diverse group, um, but we have to have standards and um, it makes it a little bit easier to have consistency that way. So can you share some of those standards that those wineries have to abide by? Um, you know, there is a quality um, that has to be achieved and I know that's very subjective, but our track record, we have a sort of vineyard um, profile that after many, many years we can kind of, um, hone in on. So really what we're looking for, and we do use an outside sommelier. So it's not just the family who's assessing the wine. Um, I'm looking for vineyard, um, the vineyard to shine through really. I, you know, I understand winemakers have different ways that they like to kind of put their stamp on things. But um, Bacha Galupi over the years has a very definitive vineyard style. And so I want to make sure that that's apparent. Um, There is a price point uh, certification that has to be met just because, you know, it is a designated wine and there's, you know, many opportunities to just put Sonoma County or Russian River if if it's not the price point that um, people are hoping to be at. So, um, and then... um, 
yeah, just I would say quality, price point, and just um, expression of vineyard would probably be those top things top that we thing. look for. Okay. When someone tastes one of your wines, is the takeaway expression of vineyard, or what else do you think that they can experience? Um, because we're so small, I think a lot of people are intrigued like, oh, 300 cases. I mean, you know, why so little? Um, and it is, you know, the vineyards are quite diverse in their plantings and age and soil. Um, and so my hope is no matter where the fruit is coming from that, yes, you're getting that, um, really distinctive, like isolated version of that vine, um, we also approach the wine make, the winemaking portion very similar to the to the growing. Um, we do not inoculate, so um, we don't add any outside yeast. Um, we have very healthy vineyards, and so we're really fortunate that we have um, really healthy yeast to be able to to do that. And being small allows us to have that control. Um, and then we also don't filter or fine our wine. So unfiltered and unfined is really important to. Um, again, getting that expression of the purity of the fruit to come through. I know there's like variety of different, you know, thought processes on that. Right. And um, I get it doesn't work for everybody, but for us, it's like that sweet spot of where we kind of want the wines to live. So, sure. Yeah. So, if we looked at our crystal ball, what does Bacigalupi look like 25 years from now? Hopefully my kids are washing some dishes. <laughs> um, I would love to expand a little bit varietal wise. And I know we're dealing with a lot of different weather patterns, especially even this year. So um, who knows what's going to be doing well here in 25 years. But I would love to experiment with some different Italian varietals, being that we have such a strong Italian history, um, and just kind of diversify a little bit in, in those terms, um, and make wines that like we like to drink and I like to drink. Um, I still think I've kind of pulled this from Silver Oaks, uh, mantra, but I, I really honestly think we have yet to make our best bottle of wine. So hopefully, you know, continuing to raise the bar and I don't want to make much more wine. I just want to continue to make like really great wine. So however okay. we can make that happen. And I read somewhere that you have a second business. Yeah. So this, I know so many different things that came out of COVID. So, so she has uh, a family, children, she's got the, you know, the business here and she needs something else to do. Yeah. So <laughs> I am not busy enough. Um, you know, during COVID, obviously, without being able to see guests in person was challenging. You know, right. that's the way we communicate our story and really get guests engaged on what we're doing here. And so um, I ended up doing like a lot of people's Zoom tastings and sort of being the vintner guest to talk about what was going on in the vineyard and sort of um, showcasing the designate wines for some of our clients. So I would hop on and be the sort of guest for, um, as the vintner in tastings. And I do and have done several other um, like in now that we're back in person, um, I've been doing some other in-person sort of private wine tastings with our wines and other small producers that maybe um, people just aren't aware of or don't know how to find or um, have a problem, you know, have difficulty getting access to. Because I know as 
you know, I'm obviously very immersed. And so for me, it's sort of second nature. But as a visitor, I can see how it would be really overwhelming to and want to experience things that you maybe couldn't find at home, but not knowing how to get those wines. And so um, I've been doing a few of those sort of like private, really fun, like immersive wine tastings with like smaller um, brands people wouldn't necessarily know about. So if somebody's kind of intrigued and wants to learn more about that, what do they need to do? I would say email me directly. Um, Nicole at Bocciagalupi Vineyards. It's on my uh, on our website. Of course, they um, need to know how to spell it. Yeah. Spell it. <laughs> so B A C I G A L U P I. It is one letter short of Mississippi. If you know, <laughs> so if you're not quite there, um, add a letter or two. Um, and we have a really great website that we keep updated consistently. So going on there and just kind of getting contact information is probably the best place to start. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. Okay. Well, let's shift now to your personal life. (laughs) I don't have one. No. (laughs) Oh, that's a lie. So you, obviously, we've talked about you've grown up here in Sonoma County, but you currently live in Healdsburg. Yes. You have a husband and two kids, a boy and a girl. Yes. If we took a step inside your home, what would we see? What's your decorating style? Oh, my gosh. What a question. Um, well, <laughs> I, I like to cook. Um, and decorating so, style. Yeah, decorating <laughs> style. I would Color say, like, scheme. Yeah, um, off-white. <laughs> very unique. Um, I do have a, a few pictures that my great-grandma, um, she painted. She was a lifelong painter, so I... Was, I've been lucky enough to have a few of those hanging in my, they're um, oil. So, Wonderful. Um, I have a few of those in my house. Um, obviously family photos, some redwood trees just because it's very, you know, into, it's where we live. Um, I don't have a big house. I will tell you, we live in Hillsburg, so everything's so expensive. So um, we have a nice larger backyard and I would say just like very casual. I don't overthink decorating I have a nice comfy couch and I do have one a dining room table that's sort of my pride and joy because <laughs> that's where we're at a lot with the kids so right. especially during COVID we were always sitting at the dining room table um but I would just say filled more with um conversation and love rather than things I'm like poor like more of a minimalist okay um just because when we we don't have a huge house so I don't fill it with like a lot of things but I did travel a lot when I was younger so I have some really cool like art from China and Asia and some little like knickknacks that I brought back in a backpack so so when you kick back and relax what kind of music do you like to listen to I would say country probably however like when I am cooking I do like a little Frank Sinatra (laughs) She's very diversified. I totally am. I'm told I have an old soul. So um, I like all kinds of music, honestly. Um, I went through many different stages. So yeah, but I would say country if I'm like in the backyard doing yard work or something or planting stuff. And And who's some of your favorite artists? Um... I like Blake Shelton. I like um, Dirk Bentley. He actually came to Sonoma County when he was just starting out, and I actually served him wine at Silver Oak. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So he likes Silver Oak wine, I think. I don't know about now. But um, Miranda Lambert, just like anything that's got kind of a good beat to it and upbeat and sort of like lets me like 
takes my brain somewhere else. <laughs> okay. You know, as we've said, you don't have a lot of free time, but do you have a hobby? Do you collect anything? I like to work out. <laughs> I'm kind of like okay. a... What kind of workout so do you do? I like to run. I run You're a, a runner. Um, okay. I like the endorphins that I get from that. Um, do you I'm, run on the pavement or do you run on a treadmill? I try to keep it to the treadmill just because my knees, um, but I will. Like during COVID, I did run outside, obviously. Um, just circuit training or the elliptical or just kind of like anything to, you know, clear the head. And then I don't listen to country. I'm like all about the pop music. Right. Um, I like to garden. As well, I did a big garden at my grandparents. I'm 90 years old in my heart, as I said. Um, and we camp, and then I have two kids, so I'm like a mom running around doing whatever my kids want to do in my sure. spare time. Sure. Is there something people might be surprised to learn about you? Do you have you skydived? Do you rappel down mountains? Did you do something cool, over the top crazy. crazy as a kid? Um. I did, I've been to like, I would say at my age, I've been to quite a different, a few, I've been to a lot of different places. So I traveled a lot during college and backpacked. So I went to Cambodia, Thailand, um, Vietnam, all over China for a few months, obviously like Europe and then Eastern Europe. I went to Turkey. I've been to Dubai. So I really love the travel. So what inspired all that? Like a search for just like different experiences i'd like to immerse myself in where i did <laughs> want to immerse myself yeah in, in cambodia having, yeah and just like having that visceral likeness that you're seeing and experiencing something that's completely outside of your element right yeah such a junkie for that what was the most interesting i loved turkey um, I loved the diversity of Turkey and um, Istanbul and um, Hungary was also really cool. Just the convergence of like East and West and how those sort of are layered together and the food. I mean, Greece, I mean, who doesn't love, you know, who yeah, doesn't Greece, love all of those places. Yeah. So yeah, just the food and um, the people and just seeing and experiencing new things. So exciting. Which one of those places would you go back to now? Thailand. Thailand? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Koh Samui, Koh Tao, Koh Phi just really just stunningly beautiful. Okay. Very relaxed. Just, yeah, great food. I mean, what more could you ask for? Yeah, we're in wine country. Other than your own wine, what do you like to drink? Are you a wine girl? Or do you like the occasional beer or cocktail? Oh, I do not just, dis- you know, discern. <laughs> I like any, you know. um, I, there's so much of a linearity here in Sonoma County, especially with like craft cocktails, craft beer, craft wine. I mean, everyone's doing like these really small, really high end kind of specifically made like the hazies, for instance. Right. I mean, who would have ever thought? It's basically unfil- unfined and unfiltered beer. Um, so I do love, I love a good IPA, especially, you know, during harvest. It's like, I can't look at wine, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> crushed yeah. fermented grapes. Um, so beer and yeah, we drink a lot of beer. And But I do, the craft cocktails that people are making, especially here in some bars in Hillsburg are really, really good. But I do like wine. I think wine for me is probably where I go to the most. Okay. Do you have a favorite varietal? Pinot. <laughs> of course. Of course. I mean, of Pinot course. Noir, all the different guys. It's a chameleon. It can be whatever you want it to be. <laughs> That's true. That's yes. true. A bucket list. Mm. What are one or two things on your bucket list? Or have you done it all? Oh, God. I don't think anyone's ever <laughs> done it all. Um, I would like to take my kids 
somewhere. I'd like to travel with them sort of a little bit somewhere a little bit more exotic. God, bucket list. So many things. Maybe like take a class in something I'm not really good at. I'm, I'm not sure what that would be, but I've been kind of like trying to do things I'm not good at more to be better at them because it's like really easy to do things you're good at right Right. and it's like safe and makes you feel good but I like to kind of push myself a little bit to do things that I'm like not good at so maybe like painting which I'm horrible at oh I know what I want to do I want to learn how to drive a truck and a trailer oh I do not know how to do I don't know how to haul anything (laughs) and I feel like that's really important to know especially afraid you'll learn how to do that and then your parents will ask you to start doing you know, I'm like, that's like the one thing I wish that my mom would have like taught, taught me us. is like hauling a big truck and a trailer. And I know it's not that hard, but I'm not a great driver in general. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. I think you luck. might need to master driving <laughs> first. And I mean, then. I know how to drive. I'm just like, I'm, I think my brain is like so busy. I'm thinking about other things and driving is just so boring. So I don't oh my goodness. <laughs> now we're going to give her a trailer and yeah. who knows what's going to happen. Yes. It'll be yeah. fishtailing all over the place. I'll probably not make it anywhere that I need to go. But yeah, I would like to learn how to do that. Sounds so, so simple, but yeah, that's a goal. That sounds like a good scary. One. Yeah. <laughs> scary. And yeah, a good one yeah. for sure. Well, I think we're going to wrap things up with five quick questions. Okay. They're really, really lighthearted. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Since we just talked about driving, I'm going to ask what kind of car do you drive? Uh, I, I drive a quintessential mom car. Uh, it's a Toyota, like a Highlander. Okay. Yeah, third row and all. <laughs> What's your favorite flower? Oh, um, I like, uh, what are they called? Um, you know, sunflowers really, attra- I, I do love a good rose though. The diversity of roses I just love. Okay. There's one called ketchup and mustard and I want to get really? it. Really? Yes. And it's Ooh. like red and yellow. It looks just like a splatter of ketchup and mustard. And it's a rose. It's beautiful. How fantastic. Okay. Third question. What's your go-to karaoke song? Ooh, probably something so horrible, like girls just want to have fun or something, you know, just like (laughs) something that you can just sort of get away with without being good at. (laughs) Without being a great singer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What is your favorite holiday? Um, I'm going to maybe say something like New Year's, Mm. just sort of like a refreshing, a rebirth, get the opportunity to kind of like start fresh again. Okay. And what are a few items in your nightstand? Um, some things for my travels, uh, a little kind of jewelry plate from Turkey, a picture of my wedding, another little trinket from Canada, a picture of my sister and I, a book. What book? Um, it's called Spilled Milk and it was recommended on the internet, of course. Um, it's a little bit of a hard read for me because it's got some tough subjects. So I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want to continue, but I think I'm going to force myself. And then also it's another book called The Formula about raising um, like successful children. Oh, so trying to okay. get some parenting tips. <laughs> All right. Well, Nicole, it has been a true pleasure to sit down with you today. You as well, Michelle. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.